Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I am really okay with focusing on the things that I want to focus on. And yeah. I don't really care that much what anyone else thinks or says. And so it just helps. This is Podvocative. Welcome back for week six. We have a really special guest. Sophia will be on and we're so excited. But before we dive in, I think we want to answer another rapid fire. Yeah, I think that was fun last time getting an Instagram poll going. Um, I got destroyed personally because I said aisle and I think it was like 80% to 20%. So <laughs> I felt vindicated. Yeah, which one should we do this time? Okay, so my question to you today is, what is your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? So you got to provide the restaurant name and then the order. Okay, I'm going to give you two answers, fast food and then a regular one. Fast food for sure, Chick-fil-A, spicy chicken deluxe meal. <laughs> um, and then a regular restaurant. I know yours are ready, so I don't Yeah, know. mine's easy though. Yours is so easy. <laughs> I'm going to say right now I've been feeling this. So probably Drunken Noodles slash Pad Key Mao from this place in my neighborhood, Obao, and extra spicy, spice level five with Thai tea on the side. So I don't, since you split it into two, now I'm trying to think of my fast food one because my regular one is so obvious. <laughs> um and the fast food one is harder for me. Okay, so here's the thing. I would normally say Taco Bell, and I used to get the grilled stuffed burrito, but that menu item was removed last year, I found out. And so I no longer actually like Taco Bell because I don't really want anything else on the menu. Mm. But that used to be my go-to, so... So I have to think about the fast food. But my regular one, this is super easy. Um, Al Mercas, the place in Dallas, I get a Nihari with no meat. I just want an entire order of the sauce and that's it. Yummy. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, we're excited about today's episode. So we have a really special guest, Sophia. Sophia is so um, strong, smart, fierce, and caring, loving, kind. I don't know. I could literally go on and on about Sophia, but I think today she really brings up so many great points about creating a narrative for your life and for your journey that you're happy with and she really emphasizes over and over again that if something doesn't fit in her life or doesn't make her happy she doesn't she doesn't care for it she doesn't do it yeah you know at its surface it's probably something that doesn't feel that important someone who's in her 30s and is single but what's really special about Sophia to us is just that she is so focused on what she wants she sort of doesn't let the pressure that a lot of other people may sort of succumb to uh, get to her in terms of settling down, in terms of finding someone. Just a little bit of context, Sophia is turning 34 this year. Um, so she's lived abroad in multiple places and she's let her career kind of guide her decisions in her life. So 
we will catch y'all on the other side. Thank you for joining us here. So I would love to get started and learn about where you're from, what you do, a little bit about your background, your family. Yeah, thank you again so much for inviting me to be part of this journey with you guys. My name is Sophia Devraj. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. I have, after you know, many years of living and working abroad, have found myself back. Over the years, I have lived and worked um, in a lot of countries, including Tajikistan, Tanzania, Portugal, the U.S., most recently was living in the U.S. where I started a job at the World Bank as a knowledge management and learning consultant in the climate change group. Um, my family is from Tanzania, so being able to live and work in Tanzania for the amount of time that I did, almost seven years, was a super special, um, a super special experience for me. And while I was there, I worked um, with the Aga Khan Health Services in Tanzania, working mostly on health system strengthening and... Um, a hospital construction project, which which um, was a really beautiful journey to be a part of, and something I feel I feel super proud of. Your time in Tanzania really makes your story so special and so unique. Can you tell us a little bit about how you made the decision to go abroad? Like a lot of people would want to do that, but not a lot of people take the jump. Sure. Growing up, I'd never really had much of an affinity to Toronto. I know it was. You know, it's all I had known, but I always had this pull from a very young age to leave, you know, Toronto, to leave Canada, to really go to the developing world. And, and that's kind of where I felt there was like a, a real pull, but I, I didn't really know how to get there. After my undergrad, I went directly into my master's and the summer that I was finishing up my final paper, I got a call from a friend of a friend who was finishing up her two-year sort of attachment with the Aga Khan Hospital. Um, and the Aga Khan Health Services in Tanzania and was looking for someone to sort of take over. And so this mutual friend put us in touch and had a phone conversation with her. She was like, hey, you know, we'd love for you to come. It was really beautiful how it kind of worked out. The timing was great. So I submitted the paper and I just decided to go. And I think because I had always felt a pull, it was such an easy decision to make. Of course, my family being from East Africa was another like major you know, driver for me as well to be able to see where they were from, understand sort of a little bit about the life that they lived before they moved to North America. So yeah, it was the right place at the right time. Super blessed. I feel like you've had such a fulfilling career and you said your family aspect has been really fulfilling. Can you just to kind of preface the rest of this episode, can you tell us a little bit about how your dating life and relationships have been up to this point? So, you know, I have been generally quite focused on my education, my career, those kinds of commitments in my life. And my way has always been to fulfill those commitments almost at any cost, right? I know what I need to do. And that's what I want to get done. And as a result of that, haven't had, let's say, as many relationship experiences, perhaps as others my age may have had. But I will say that I never really felt like it was a priority. For me, what was more of a priority was, you know, making a contribution to the world. And so um, that always really was the, the number one sort of driver of the decisions I made when it came to school, when it came to work, when it came to travel. And I think what has been really nice is that my family 
whether they agreed with a decision that I made to, to do something or go somewhere, they always supported me in that because I think, you know, they were confident that they raised me well and that I am able to make sound decisions for myself. And if I need help, I'll reach out and say, hey, I need help. They could see how important being able to pursue the educational path and the career path that I, I wanted to, they could see how important that was to me. You know, with that support, with my drive, I kind of, that just has been my focus. I haven't really, I haven't had the relationships. That doesn't mean I haven't had any. There have been a few along the way, complex and complicated and unclear all of the above but none of which I think have really ever the number one thing on my list how do you keep not settling what do you tell yourself what do you do what do you practice in order to continue to really put yourself first and make sure that you aren't going for something that doesn't make sense for you I never really thought about it that way. It's important to me to be happy and to not have to settle for something that I think is not worth me or my time. Mm -hmm. And so because I've sort of decided that, it's not necessarily something that I, I have to remind myself. It's a decision I've made and I kind of live by that. You know, when it comes to relationships, it applies the same way. I have chosen not to settle for something that I think is not the right thing. Have you ever, I mean, this is crazy, but like, you know, those people that are like, oh, if I'm not engaged or married by 40, I'm just going <laughs> to go with X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really funny. So I, I had, <laughs> I did have that person, one of my best friends in high school, a gay best friend. Yeah. And we decided that if by the age of 40, neither of us was with a significant other, that we would get married and we would settle down. And he <laughs> went and decided to get engaged to his partner like a mm. couple years ago. So clearly that can't happen. But he's <laughs> promised me that I can third wheel anytime <laughs> and that there will always be space for me in his house. But yeah, no, on a serious note, I'm, I never really thought about setting myself sort of that kind of ultimatum. I know for a lot of people, this whole idea of being on a biological clock as women, if we want to have kids, we need to be married by this age. And has that ever been a pressure in your life? Have you let that timeline kind of creep up into your mind and drive the way you've made decisions? Or is it not really anything you've thought of? And if not, have you thought of the idea of freezing your eggs? Yeah, all really, really good questions. I think when I was younger, there was a time when I was sure that I wanted to have my own kids. But as I've gotten older, I've become more and more sure that I don't really want to have my own kids. I'm not, I don't feel the pressure to really, I mean, you know, of course, my parents will, you know, make comments every now and then or about, you know, wanting to be grandparents. And my brother and I joke about, you know, who's going to be first to have the grandkids. But really, like, I just don't have a personal desire to, to have children of my own. And so I think that relieves a significant amount of pressure that a lot of women have the, there's sort of the pressure to follow like the the cookie cutter right like you have the relationship and then you have the children people are sort of expanding that cookie cutter right and like looking at different shapes and saying like do I need to be in a relationship to have my own children can I just do it on my own again for me like there's never really been enough of a pull 
I think if I ever did have children, I probably would adopt. I think there's a lot of children in the world who need love, who need support. And, and when I'm in a position to do that, that might be something I might think about doing. I love that. We need more people with that mindset because I feel like there's so many kids in this world and we all like we have so much love to give them. And I feel like that's a good way to do it. So do you worry the next time you meet someone and connect with someone, even if it's not exactly what you're looking for, if you are craving companionship, you'll move forward even if you normally wouldn't have. Jeez, you guys are like really hitting the nail on the head in a lot of ways. (laughs) I'm not actively seeking out a partner or relationship, but I am open. That means that if something presents that could be a possible relationship, then I got to give it a chance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I've, I think in the last couple of years, there have been at least two or three instances where I felt like, oh, this is something that I need to give, I need to give it a chance. Unfortunately, it, or fortunately, for that matter, um, <laughs> yeah. none of those explorations materialized mm-hmm. into anything serious or long term. Um, they just were what they were in the moment. It was really just not the right time or not mm-hmm. the right place, whether it was in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our collective lives. Do you think yeah. that that's changed as like with time? As time goes on, do you tell yourself like I shouldn't? say no without giving this a chance yeah I've been trying recently to hold myself a lot more accountable my own process of giving something a chance is first the walls have to come down and then I can make an effort or an attempt that would be visible to the other person because they don't see the walls right they just see you and so what I have found is that over the years I built a lot of walls and I think the number of walls were just so many and I you know by the time I was 30 there were a lot of walls already and just as a result of like failed or just yeah or just like bad encounters yeah bad encounters or or just a way to protect myself because it's like you know it's this idea like if you're vulnerable and if somebody takes advantage of that vulnerability or if they shatter they shatter something and then you're like i'm never gonna do that again i'm not gonna be open again i'm not gonna tell someone again until Mm -hmm. they truly truly deserve it but how do you know unless you're open if you don't allow yourself to learn from those those experiences and instead live in those past failed experiences, then you're not really allowing yourself to grow and to move. But it, it definitely is uh, uh, something that I have to be conscious of because yeah. it's it so easy to just hide behind the walls. Exactly. Is there um, anyone from your past who you didn't let in because you were guarded, but now like looking back, you wish you had? No, I think I was... We can let them all in (laughs) and let them add to the walls. (laughs) Do you have any active deal breakers that you know of and can think of? I think that I'm pretty flexible and pretty open. Probably smoking. Do you think that your deal breakers, I mean, now you can't really think of a ton, but do you think that's changed? Like, do you think maybe in the past you had more or you were pickier or less picky? I don't think that I ever really had a list of deal breakers, at least a conscious list. But I think that as I've gotten older, my own personality traits have like intensified. That also sort of changes what you're willing to put up with, you know, or not. There's not like a perfect person that's going to check 
all of the boxes, each person, each relationship will, when it works out, be able to find what that perfect is, you know, for them in that moment. And I think like what is perfect for me today may not be perfect for me tomorrow. I think I'm a lot more conscious and just a lot more aware now that I could find that person anywhere at any time looking like anything or anyone. So I'm curious if you ever wonder if it ever crosses your mind if things would say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Be different if you had settled down. One of the things that I often wonder about is what my relationships would have been like had I not left when I did. So, and, you know, like personal relationships as well as like friendships and others, etc. Like when I left Toronto initially for Tanzania. I had a lot of friends. I knew a lot of people. But when I came back, I feel like I don't have a lot of friends and I don't know a lot of people. And I think what happens is people live their lives. People move on. So like while I was living my life in Tanzania and making friends and learning all these new things and having all these experiences, other people were doing the same thing. And so when I came back, it was a really like surreal time for me. And I felt like I didn't know like what planet I landed on. I often think about that when I when I reflect on my friendships, especially because the ones that I thought, you know, would stand the test of time um, haven't necessarily in all the instances that I had anticipated. And by the same token, that also means, you know, how might my relationship status be different had I not left? Today, I have like when I think back, I have no real clear picture on where or how I would have met someone. I think, of course, there's possibility for things to be different. But while I have been shaped by my experiences, I also think fundamentally the values and the principles that I have have always been pretty consistent. It's also possible that I may not have met someone in that time. Do you think that upon coming back, a lot of your friends maybe had split off because they were getting married or engaged or whatever? Oh, that that is absolutely (laughs) what's happening. Yes, people were married, people had kids. Um, definitely it was on my mind. People were getting married and having babies and I was like not even anywhere close to that. Like not only that I wasn't close to it at that moment, but I didn't see it being something in my short to medium to maybe even long-term future, right? Like I just didn't Mm -hmm. see it as a reality for me. So that, that felt kind of weird. I have far fewer friends in my immediate presence than I used to have. Now they're just really kind of like all over the world. Um, and which is which in in and of itself is something very special special and pretty nice right like not many people can say that do you think you ever consciously or unconsciously tried to find that companionship within your friends or your family something that you know having a special someone with you close to you like the kinds of things that you know some of those voids you can't fill with other things right it's your parents fill a certain space Your friends fill a certain space. Your partner fills a certain space. They don't replace each other, right? 
Do you feel like you surrounded yourself, though, by people who, like, were like-minded like you and a little more independent? Or do you feel like you kind of had a lot of friends that were ready to get married at younger ages? Or was it just a mixed bag? Generally, it was a mixed bag. I think my personality is certainly to want to be, want to interact with more like-minded and less. But again, when it comes to like the relationship aspect of things, that wasn't really one of the parameters of like-mindedness that I ever really thought about. It was more in terms of like career and ambition and seva or things like that. I just feel like I'm going to be like 15, 20 more people in my lifetime, right? Like yeah. whenever I... I choose to be with there's also going to be like 15 or 20 more people probably in his lifetime and so like what if like person number eight that I am doesn't get along with like person number <laughs> four that he, you know what I mean like there's you don't yeah, know yeah it's the I timing like it's so the timing dumb. thing you are going to be changing your entire life, right? You're always going yeah. to be changing. And so it's really about the timing and the alignment of when you and that person find each other in your respective life journeys, right? It's, yeah, mm-hmm. which is like, if you think about it, the things that have to align for you to like successfully spend your life with someone is like <laughs> a million yeah. things. Have you ever <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally like, done some kind of like jamati program or seva or not even just a jamati program any kind of extracurricular activity with the hopes of like oh i may meet someone here because you generally (laughs) get along with people that have similar hobbies and interests to you never because for me when i do something the intention is that something right the commitment is that something it's not about anything else so for me like my eyes on the prize and the prize is like successful completion of the project or successful implementation of the program do you feel like dating within the smiley community like poses a unique set of challenges yeah i think so i think there's like there is probably like a certain thing in the back of people's minds right kind of telling them like oh you know will someone like tell like if we wanted to keep this a secret or like uh, will my parents find out if I don't want them to find out? Our community is like also really gossipy. <laughs> it's kind of like a real turnoff, right? I mean, you, you don't want people to be in your business. I can, I, I definitely see the nature of our community um, being a hindrance. And I think that's quite evidenced by even just looking at the stats of like the number of interfaith marriages having increased, you know, I think a lot more mm-hmm, recently. And mm-hmm, I think absolutely. if you, if you just look at the numbers, right, um, they, they will tell you. We're getting a lot better about open-mindedness and mm-hmm. and not having this like narrow range but I think that there's two things that that creates like one pressure to be settled down or whatever yes. by a certain age right yes. to an smiley person and that creates like this unnecessary weight on a lot of people and two I think it creates pressure to not leave relationships that aren't mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. Um, or to stick around whether you're married or not I feel like a lot of people are like well I can't end this now because you know that's not the expectation yeah because of lokya king yeah. exactly totally. oh my what gosh people say when you go to Jamaat events or go to Jamaat can have you felt like criticism or judgment or anything from aunties or whoever saying like oh like you're not married yet like why <laughs> or just kind of like people not understanding I mean, personally, I haven't had any of those kinds of questions from random aunties, but, <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they ask my mom. I'm like, I, none the wiser. I'm not, I mean, I'm not interested in investigating that either, but I wouldn't be surprised 
Or like if people mm-hmm. ask her, like, is she single? Would would she be open to dating my son or my nephew or whatever? I mean, when I was here, the last time I was living at home more recently before leaving, I was going to morning kane every day. And there was a guy who was going to morning kane every day as well. And his he mom would go... You? And no, I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> it's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know if it was him or if it was his mom, but definitely my mom and his mom, I'm sure, have had some kind of conversation. But anyways, I haven't seen him for like yeah, almost a year now. Would you consider it? Away. Or like, would you consider being set up in that way? Hell no. <laughs> I don't feel like I would. You see, because I'm not actively looking, I'm not interested right now in anything. Like, I don't feel an urgency. I'm not going to approach him, right? But <laughs> if he approached me, of course I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if like, he's listening really to just... this podcast. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> if he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> maybe I should expect <laughs> an invitation to coffee sometime <laughs> soon. At least a virtual one. Yeah. Some kind of... So, like, I mean, I think that's funny. I think the same guy could go through your family or your mom or whoever, and it's like, nope, but he goes through you. It's a lot more acceptable. I get that. It puts, like, the agency back in your hands. It's not someone else's life. It's my life. So, like, why should I have to have a middle person? Sometimes, you know, relationships might need a a little nudge, you know, to, like, get off the ground, and I think that's okay, too. There's a difference between a nudge and, like, an interference, and I'm not about the interference. So do you feel like you're ever limiting yourself because you're not banding to that virtual network? From time to time, I have these thoughts of, you know, that I am missing out on something. It has never been strong enough of a thought or intense enough of a thought to make me do something about it. I don't have to expend extra energy for something that is still unknown and is probably going to remain unknown, even if I make it, mm-hmm. but put energy into it, whatever. I'd rather put energy yeah. into the things I know and the things that do like, support me and add value to my life already. You're in such a unique position where you don't have this pressure from your family. And, and I think even if people want to go down that path who want to focus on their career, on themselves, or just, you know, on anything that's not a relationship, like they often don't have that option or they don't have the option to do that peacefully without getting bombarded. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's a really interesting point. I think, you know, this idea of like having the option, it's kind of up to you to take the option and say like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you want to do. This is what's important to you. It's this idea of like creating your own narrative and shaping it as you go and not letting someone else dictate what that is or some some group of people dictate what it is or what it should be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy to do, right? We have yeah. We all have a lot of influences in our lives that steer us in one direction or the other. But I think that there's definitely something to be said for like you know charting our own path because at the end of the day it's your life right it's not your parents life it's not your friend's life it's not the auntie's life or the uncle right it's (laughs) it's your life and even though up until now you may have not had the option then I would say, well, recognize that and decide from now onwards that you're going to take the option because that's what's important for you and for your life and for your future. Love that. I think that is a perfect note for us to conclude on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing 
Thank sharing you. Sharing your story so and your fun. perspective with us. Yeah. Yeah. So my fun. pleasure. This was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I personally learned so much from you even after totally. knowing you. So that was yeah. awesome. No, this was really great. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. We have one more piece. Rapid yeah. fire. Yeah. The rapid fire round. Um, so, so we're going to ask you. Um, should I be scared? Yourself? No, it's <laughs> just a little. It's, okay. Yeah. It's lighthearted, fun questions that you should be able to answer with like one or two words. And so you have 90 seconds to do it. And we have 12 questions. You're trying to get through as many as possible. All right. So I'm setting a timer. Okay. Um, 90 seconds. What is your favorite form of potato? Roasted potatoes. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. What is something that you should do, but you probably won't get around to? Waxing my arms. What is your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't really like going to restaurants that much, but okay, there's this okay. one new place in DC that I found and I like their chicken and waffles. Chicken and French Perfect. toast, not waffle, chicken and French toast. If you were an inanimate object, what would you be? <laughs> my, I don't know. A, okay. <laughs> a pen, a pen. I'll be a pen. Okay. Window or aisle? Aisle forever. Okay. Mm, me too. If you were famous, what would you be famous for? Making a difference in some part of the world. <laughs> if you could raid one person's closet, whose would it be? There is this girl I follow on Instagram. Her name is Sophia. She's based in Vancouver. One sweet piece, I think, is her handle. She's awesome. <laughs> Everyone go follow her. It's a plug. You should follow her. She is one of the best, best fashion at what lifestyle age mama you, bloggers. At what <laughs> age did you learn the most about yourself? In my late 20s. We got time. We awesome. hit time a little bit ago. Okay. Um, you did not bad. You got through 8 out of 12. No, 9 oh, out of 12, yeah. Can you ask me the rest of them? Can I just <laughs> say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> what TV sitcom family would you be a member of? I don't really watch all that much TV. That is, I don't know. I don't know. You can. <laughs> Skip. Skip, what compliment yeah. do you like receiving the most? That I was, I helped someone, that I was helpful. And what's the last book you read? Oh, Obama, Michelle Obama. Well, I'm in the process of reading <laughs> and have it for some time. Okay, yeah, becoming. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yay! Yay! Oh, thank you. Thank you. So that, oh, that was good. That was fun. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. So this week on Instagram, we asked you all to send in your best setup stories. And I feel like all of us just have some cringy, funny setup story. And a lot of people responded with a lot of the same themes as, oh, some aunties in JK make it their business to point out people to you or introduce you to people. Yeah, we got some that people were saying, like, I set up my best friend and, and my other friend. And turns out they were like second cousins. Or somebody else said, like, I set up my best, my two best friends and then they like one of them cheated really crazy so we loved reading them we'll save them on our instagram so you guys can go back and look but yeah thanks for sending us your stories this um week was really special to both of us like we mentioned um we hope you gain something out of hearing sophia's story and how she continues to choose herself i know i did a message that's really important in our community and not one that's talked about enough yeah i hope we keep challenging the status quo 
the timeline, societal expectations and pressures, and we push back on that because I know I know I've already taught my mom so much. I know when I was younger there was this pressure and expectation, but now it's much more do what you need to for your career, get your education the way you want to. So I would encourage everyone to if you haven't already, um, and if that's something you're interested in, if you're interested in the alternative, all the power to you as well. But there shouldn't just be one option. And if you are dying for some more strong single woman empowerment, Sheetal and I every year watch a movie called How to Be Single and it's amazing and you should see it. Awesome. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.